What's going on, guys? Episode three of the 10-Year Bluebell Podcast featuring my awesome co-host, Ryan White. What's going on, bro? Not much. How are you today, Bruno? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, it's been a good week for UFC fans, I guess. Uh, the UFC decided to put out, like, honestly, dude, like, fucking 90 matchups. It's crazy. They're filling up cards like crazy since they have all the international fighters back on the roster. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the, all, the, um, all the Fight Island cards coming up. Yeah, dude, I, I was I was on the the UG and uh, they just put up this new segment where they do latest UFC matchups and uh, I can't even keep up, man. It's like honestly fifty oh, fights they just put out. Oh yeah, oh they're they're crazy. Um, I'm really excited to see Calvin Cater back in there against Danny Ige. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun fight, and I'm betting on Calvin. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Calvin's such a smooth striker, man. And I mean, I just fought was Barboza, yeah, and he pulled out a split decision, but. Uh, I saw that fight going either way. I mean, I can understand how the judges thought I'd won, but uh, I could also see how Edson probably could have edged out the decision. But I yeah, think honestly, in, in this time I, now, like Calvin is actually a better striker than Edson, in my opinion. Oh, I, I, I agree. Well, because like the thing that Calvin has that Edson doesn't is Edson doesn't really seem to punch with authority. Like no. he has devastating kicks, but his punches just don't really seem to have much on him, whereas yeah. Calvin can just put you out. And he's and he's very disciplined in what he does. He does exactly what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And honestly, you know, in regards to the uh, Barboza fight, I I kind of thought the judges got it wrong. I had it for Barboza. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So I mean, I think it'll be a fun fight, though. You know. And uh, but I'd I'd be hard pressed to bet against Cal. So. He's just I'm, like a real bread and butter fighter, right? Like the guy is just doesn't talk a lot of shit. Shows up to the gym. Trains well, hard. And just sleeps Absolutely. people. And he, has, and he has a great team behind him. Yeah. Know, very smart coaching. Rob Font. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who works with uh, Font, Tyson Chartier, Jake Panini, Joe Lazan. Yeah. I mean, he has the absolute best in the region behind him. For sure. And like I said, he is just super disciplined in, you know, both his training and in the way he performed. Like you could see in his last fight, he just waited on that perfect shot and then landed it. It was a you mean know, elbow, like, man. You know, and, he, and, and frankly, Calvin's one of those guys who always seems to find his perfect shot. And that's, you know, and that's rare with people. Yeah. I mean, he's got one of the craziest one-twos I've ever seen in the UFC, dude. This guy has, like, absolute crazy range. And he just, like, when he's on, he's hitting you and he's hitting you fucking hard, dude. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I don't know how he didn't get knocked out of the night for uh, flatlining Stevens. Like, that was... You know, that was savage. I mean, you know, a, you know, a, a elbow thrown from outside of the clinch and especially one that drops somebody. Both of those are so rare. Yeah. Especially one that knocks you out cold, man. Oh, exactly. I mean, so he kind of got robbed as a bonus buddy there. For sure. Dude's tough as nails. Uh, I also saw they announced, um, Junior DeSantos versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck, dude. Not like that fight for Junior. (laughs) Me neither for some reason. I just think that like, uh, it's hard to say when Junior first started fighting, he was probably one of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC, but I don't know what happened in his camps where he just like started like fighting this way where he just keeps his hands down and like puts his back up against the cage and just tries to like circle around and catch people. But uh, you've seen that like crisp kickboxers have always just done their work with Junior. And it's, uh, I also think it's a bad matchup. He's got a lot of power in his hands. Jarzino does. And, it's going to be a bad night. And Junior isn't one of those guys 
who can fight without a chin and his chin doesn't really seem to be there anymore. Yeah. I mean, when you're fighting the big boys, obviously anything can happen. I think it's really tough to say that like heavyweights don't have chins, but in his instance, I think he's been finished enough and he's taken a lot of damage. I mean, just think about the damage over the course of the two Cain Velasquez fights, man. Well, well, and really that was, I think the watershed moment in his career. Because ever since those fights, he has not been the same. I mean, that's nine rounds he got his ass kicked in a row. Exactly. And he, um, you know, and there are some guys like Andre Olosky did a good job of when his chin went, he kind of switched to just being a pure boxer yeah. where he'll just jab, move, jab, move. He doesn't care if it's, he doesn't care if it's a Borg fight. He just, you know, he's going to do what he needs to to win. And that's what he needs to do because he became one of those guys where a strong gust of wind would flatline him. Yeah. And DeSantis needs to do the same, you know, but like he just, he, he just doesn't seem to have either the, you know, understanding that that needs to happen or the ability to execute on it. Yeah, man. I remember uh, the first fight he ever had in the UFC was against Fabrizio Verdum and he absolutely flatlined him with that uppercut in the first round. And uh, Dana White was saying after the press show that, uh, Pretty much uh, a lot of the guys that do like the betting odds in Vegas were backstage. And uh, once they saw his hands in the locker room, they uh, the odds switched up real quick. So he was just like a slight underdog in that fight. But uh, he was expected to be a huge underdog until the guy saw him throwing hands. But uh, I don't know what he's done in his training regimen or how he's changed up his training tactics to the way that he's just fighting how stupid that he fights. I mean, honestly, I like I personally don't see any change from the way he fought right now to the way he fought when he was coming up. I think what happened is something that happens to a lot of guys is that he saw great success with what he did, and, and but then just didn't adapt when he needed to. You know, sure. he kind of like, you know, was like, "This is my game, and this is what this is what worked in the past." So there's no reason to think it won't work in the future. And in some ways that logic tracks, Yeah, but I mean, he's, you know, losing a lot more now than he used to. Yeah. So like there needs to be changes that he just seems to be unwilling to make. Sure, man. And then another really cool fight. Uh, we finally get to see Frankie Edgar drop down to 135 pounds. He's fighting Pedro Munoz. Yeah, I think, I think that'll be really good. I've wanted to see Frankie at 135 for a long time, you know, cause really I feel like that's where he's belonged. You for know, sure. cause even, when he was the 155 pound champion, he used to say that he'd only walk around at like 160, 162. So what he's saying, he's walking around now. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, and, and, and that's about the size of a lot of 135ers. Yeah, you know, and so that's definitely a change that that's needed to happen for a while. And I, I mean, it kind of stinks that he waited until this deep into his career. <laughs> his mid thirties. It's like, but maybe this will get him the longevity, you know, you know, just a few more years attacked onto it, you know, because, you know, they're not going to be able to hit as hard as the guys at 45 and 55, you know, they will be faster. And so it'll be interesting to see if Frankie can still keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, personally, I actually think Frankie wins the fight in terms of the division. I think there's a lot of hard matchups that he would lose against, but I think that uh, against a guy like Munoz that doesn't have the kind of movement that Frankie has or the wrestling defense i would say i mean i i think pedro munoz advertises himself as like a jujitsu guy with some solid muay thai but see frankie just beating him up on the feet man controlling the fight oh i agree i mean frankie's a really smart fighter and he'll he'll do what he needs to 
And so I would I would bet on him here. But uh but yeah, that one thirty five are just you know, that division are is just filled with killers now. Imagine him fighting a guy like Garbrandt, dude. I just don't see uh that fight going his way at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly he proved he can't beat Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. like and, and Aldo's now hit the mix at one thirty five. For sure. That might be an interesting matchup to see at 135 as well if that fight ever happens. So. Exactly. I mean, granted, he is, you know, he himself has a really tall order in front of him, Peter yeah. Jan. But, like, you know, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll just be interesting. I, I do struggle to picture Edgar dealing with a guy like Garbrandt, though. You know, it's like the cream of the crop, I think, would be, will, will be tough for him. But, honestly, I, I, I think him versus Dominic Cruz would be a lot of fun. I yeah, think. I was just thinking that. Yeah, crazy you know, fight. Um, you know, but yeah, but against like the younger up and coming guys in that division, I think I think it would be tough to see how he matches up. Yeah. And then uh, the last fight I saw that I thought was a pretty cool matchup was uh, Yoel Romero versus uh, Uriah Hall. Oh, I mean, I think that's going to be a tough night for Uriah Hall. Yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, Uriah Hall, just he, he always just seems to be a little too tentative. You know, he seems to, you know, all of his issues seem to be, you know, kind of in his own head, you know, as I think he has all the ability to be great at this, but, you know, he just seems to be, kind of be scared when he's in there. And Joel Romero is arguably the scariest he would be, uh, the scariest he would be on the planet. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see the, what version of Uriah Hall we get, but like, I th- I personally think, uh Yoel box about yeah i think they're both fighters that they're like anything can happen fighters like Yoel is the kind of guy he fights very patient tries to kind of lull you a little bit and get you uh, i don't know kind of bored into the fight and then the second you kind of walk in and make a little mistake he just explodes on you and catches oh, you with something crazy and I, mean, I think that Hall of- also has the same kind of aspects to him. I mean, he's a little busier, but he's like also the kind of guy that at any given moment can just like throw some spin and shit and knock your ass out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we saw with Romero in his fights against um, Machida and Weidman. Yeah. Like he had been losing both of those up until the point where he just devastatingly knocked them out. Yeah. You know, so they both have that potential to end it like that. But, you know, I think. I, I think Uriah Hall is just, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, too, you know, too timid to be able to stand to a guy like Romero, who is just so scared. Yeah, for sure. If he's somebody who can knock you out with whatever, he will throw whatever. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, and it's like, and he's, and he's talented enough where, you know, Israel Adesanya, who is quite possibly the best striker in the UFC. Yeah. Felt the need, you know, knew that he had to not engage him in order to win. Absolutely, man. I mean, there was a lot of leg kicks, <laughs> a lot of circling yeah. around in that fight. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, Izzy got hit hard in the first round. It's That's probably the hardest punch of the fight, to be honest, right? Oh, it, it, exactly. And then after that, you know, I mean, you know, Stylebender was smart. It just started fencing with Romero rather yeah. than really stepping in. I'm sure that wouldn't be how he wanted to win. Sure. You know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's what he had to do. And admittedly, I was pissed off with um, with Romero afterwards because, you know, he bitched saying that that's not what fans want to see and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's like, dude, it's like, it's, it's, 
it's not it's not his job to play your game. You need to impose your will on him. And so, well, yeah, that may not have been the most fun fight to watch. You know, Israel Adesanya did what he had to do to win. I guess the unfortunate part about that fight was a lot of the critics were saying that, like, uh, this is Yoel Romero's last chance at a, t- at a title shot, right? Like, uh, man, this is it. Like, you're 40. It's time for you to just go in there and fucking fight. And uh, at the end of the day, he went in and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And that's the saddest part. We could have seen absolute barn burner and it just didn't happen. I mean, honestly, though, I think Yoel Romero is one of those guys who will always be one fight away from a title shot. Yeah. You know, because he's somebody you can always make the case for why they can beat the champion. And so, you know, all it would take is one impressive knockout. Hell, I guarantee if he knocks out Uriah Hall, they'll be talking about a rematch with Style Ben. Yeah. Whether whether or not the UFC wants to make that fight happen again, since the first one was kind of boring, then that's an entirely different story. And, um, And, but, I mean, especially if Paulo Costa ends up beating him when they fight, then, you know, I, I would love to see a rematch between Costa and Romero. Yeah, absolutely. I actually thought that fight was a lot closer than uh, than anticipated. I actually could have seen Yoel winning that fight oh, from absolutely. another perspective. I mean, frankly, that was kind of one of those ones where you could flip a coin to decide who won. Yeah. You I think know, I mean, uh, Paulo gets it just for engaging. Oh, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, when in doubt, that's sort of what they'll do. If all if all other things are equal, the guy who's coming forward is the guy who wins. But um, but man, Costa was was so banged up after that fight. He was yeah. in, he was in the green room with us, like in a wheelchair, and just like, yeah, that did see him move once. <laughs> Damn man, I mean, when you're on the juice, bro, you just give it everything you got for those 15 minutes, and uh, you see how <laughs> it goes afterwards. Uh, another really, uh, sorry to interject, but I just got a Instagram notification. Uh, Darren Till just posted that he's fighting Robert Whitaker July 25th. Oh, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking of middleweights. Yeah. I mean, Till somebody who I always look past, I think, you know, I think Whitaker could take it if, you know, guaranteed if he takes it down, I think Whitaker's a better grappler than Till is. You know, but that said, I feel like Whitaker kind of likes to swing his dick around a little bit too. <laughs> and so I mean, so and I think that will make it a more compelling fight. Yeah. You know, but the tilt tills awesome though at what he does. You know, For I, sure. don't think, I don't think he has a lot of you know. There's not a lot of dynamism to his game. You know, he's going to kickbox you, and if you know, and if you can deal with that, you'll win. If you can't, you'll lose. But um, but I think Whitaker will probably play his game at least for a little bit. Yeah. So it should be fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think that uh, both of them are like extremely technically sound. Like Whitaker is obviously more of a kickboxer, where Till is this like traditional Muay Thai striker. I just think that I just really want to see how Till's power transcends into eighty five. Because I think the fight against Gaslam, like we saw that he can fight a really good strategic fight but we never got to see him really test out the power in his hands and in his kicks, you know, kind of fought on the edge, like straight punches, a lot of leg kicks. And that's kind of what edged him out the decision. But we see that with Whitaker, like if you play into this kickboxing match, he's a lot more tools, I think in his arsenal than Darren Till does. Yeah, I could, I could certainly see that. And I mean, Castle is one of those guys where I don't know what it takes to knock him out. I mean, like you see some of the shots he took when he fought out of Sanya. Yeah. I mean, he was hit with, everything they call it the big mexican head man (laughs) 
they've all got it and they they all can take a punch it's like uh yeah for those of you listening that uh don't know about the big mexican head just watch any fighter with a mexican in it and you'll see this guy take immense (laughs) amounts of punishment (laughs) and not go down it's absolutely crazy but uh but yeah, it's so I mean, so it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I definitely don't think Whitaker is as durable as Gastelum is, and I mean, and, and this this will be our first time seeing him fight since getting finished by Adesanya, and so it so it'll be interesting. I mean, I wonder if you know getting um, getting finished by Stylebender is going to make Whitaker want want to grapple more. Now that he's fighting yeah. another striker, or maybe he's going to come out wanting to prove himself that he can he can hang in there with the top strikers at one eighty five as well. Oh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I know that that sounds like a really fun fight. I guess uh, my words came back to bite me on the ass again, and the fights last week actually weren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, and that's always how it goes. When they're, you know, the less star power there is, usually the better the fight card. Everyone's saying it's the size of the cage, man, 25 feet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I will say when I used to fight, I definitely preferred smaller cages. Yeah. You know, just because it, it, you know, it does give people less room to kind of run away. Sure. But that said, I don't, you know, I, I think those fights are going to be good either way. Yeah, we had Tyson Nam with a huge knockout. It was pretty good. I was super impressed by the uh, Maria Agapova, Hannah Cyphers fight. She pretty much just beat the shit out of her, took her back, choked her out. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, that was a fight that um, Anna probably shouldn't have even been in there, Maria. Yeah, for sure. I think they were just really looking up to put Agapova over. Yeah. But she, she looked good. You know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her next. You know, my guess would be that um, that they're probably going to want to fast track her to give uh, Shevchenko somebody to fight. Yeah, I guarantee you, she fights someone top fifteen in her next fight. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, granted, there's well, I mean, how many girls are actually in the one twenty five? Exactly. Fight? So this is what I'm saying is that Hannah yeah. Cyphers isn't ranked, but I guarantee you in the next fight, she'll she'll be lined up with someone good. It'd be cool to yeah. see her maybe fight someone like Mackenzie Dern, you know, both of them trying to break into the top 15. Maybe Dern is in the top 15. I, I can't remember, but that'd be a cool fight to see. Oh, abs- absolutely. Um, I was talking a lot of shit because all these fucking people can't make weight and what happens, Cynthia Calvillo misses weight again, but she put on an absolute clinic against Jessica. I guess she'd for five rounds was just uh, beating her to the punch, taking her down, used the groundwork. It was a pretty yeah. clear, easy fight. Yeah, I mean, the, the fight card definitely was a mess in the sense that, you know, they had, what, I think four people miss weight. Yeah. But, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was good seeing that. And I I also really enjoyed seeing uh, Marvin Vittori's performance. Hell yeah, against, man. Against Carl Robertson. I thought he looked yeah. awesome. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does at 185. He's a mean, scary guy, dude. And I, honestly, I was super pissed at Carl Robertson for weighing in four pounds over and flexing at the weigh-ins. Like, he just, you know, like yeah, he just made I, weight. So I was yeah, hoping that Vittori would kick his ass. Yeah, I kind of hope that maybe Robertson was prompted to do that, you know, yeah. like kind of the camera. But, yeah, because, I mean, you you know, when you miss weight by that much, it's like, I don't know. Don't, don't be flexing. Yeah, for sure. I think Vittoria had a really good strategy, kind of like lured him into a dogfight in the beginning. And then once Carl felt a little comfortable, he just uh, really used his superior grappling just to take him down, beat him up. And then uh, once the opportunity presented itself, he, he sunk in that choke. So I thought it was a good game plan, really good fight. No, definitely. 
And uh, I think a lot of people don't remember this, but he brought it up in the post-fight interview was that he fought Adesanya to a split decision. Yeah. I, you know what? I had completely forgotten about that fight. And yeah, you know, I mean, maybe they'll cross paths again. I mean, I think he definitely will have to win a few more to be able to, you know, to be able to get a shot, you know, assuming Israel keeps winning. But, um, but yeah, I think a rematch would be fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's on a four or five win streak. So um, I'm sure he'll fight somebody in the top 10 and uh, almost positive that if he keeps winning, he's one or two fights away from a title shot. I think they have a really good case to make against the the rematch because I watched it back this weekend. And uh, like I said, in all the other split decisions, I can kind of see how uh, the fight went either way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um. Up and coming fights this weekend. We got Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Pretty sick matchup. Definitely, I would love to see Volkov win. Yeah, you know, just because I, I like him, but his fight IQ is very low. <laughs> and, uh, and I like Curtis Blades too, but uh, I, I also think Blades has the right style to beat Volkov. Absolutely. And so I, you know, so I would, I, I'll pick him, but I, I do kind of want to see Volkov win. <laughs> yeah, I mean Volkov's obviously a tough tough opponent for anyone. He's really rangy. He's got good hands, good striking. I mean, I don't know much about his, his ground game. Uh, the Verdum fight, uh, obviously Verdum doesn't have the same wrestling pedigree as Curtis blades, but, uh, we didn't get to see really much of the ground at all in that Verdum fight. And, uh, Volkov for lack of a better term, beat the piss out of him. So well, let's see. Yeah. Well, what I think would ultimately hurt Volkov in this is that he really doesn't have devastating knockout power. And so even if Blades is getting pieced up a little on the on the feet, he can still decide to turn into a wrestling match if he wants yeah. to. And and so it, you know, whereas if it were somebody like Nganu, you know, if you make the mistake of fighting him the wrong way, he'll probably put you to sleep. Yeah. Vol, you know, you know, Volkov will will uh you know will give Blades a little time to realize the mistake he's making. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the thing with Blades also. It's it's always hit or miss on how he fights. Like, I was super impressed in the DeSantos fight. I I think for a while he wasn't doing that much and he wasn't fighting so smart until he really did catch him with that massive right hand. Mm. But uh, in the other fights, like the Alistair Overeem fight, super impressed. He did the right thing. He knows that he's outmatched on the feet and Alistair's a big, strong guy. Why not take this guy down and try to ground and pound him out? But I'm assuming that he'll be smart enough to stick to his wrestling and really just uh, work the level changes, push him up against the fence, get him tired and uh, wear him down that way. Yeah. I mean, I think so too, especially with uh, Volkov's height, you know, Volkov has a few inches on him Yeah, and their reach is the same. And so, you know, so I wonder if uh, blades will really be feeling the height difference, but, but I mean, I know if I were seeing a really tall kickboxer on the other side of the cage, I just want to take him down too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, another really cool fight, because I like to watch this guy fight, is uh, Clay Guida versus Bobby Green. Two vets. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, is one of those guys where he's going to fight you the way he's going to fight you. Yeah, just fucking hands in the air, running at you, take you down, punch you in the face. He's just a maniac. Yeah, and so it'll be, it, it'll be interesting. I know um, he, he's an underdog. Uh, I mean, I'm inclined to pick Green, just but um, but Guida's one of those guys where you know if you can be outworked, he'll outwork you, and so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. 
Yeah, uh, Jim Miller, dude's making the walk for like the thousandth time to the octagon at a catch weight of 160 against Roosevelt Roberts. Roosevelt Roberts actually just fought, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's the one that just submitted Brock Weaver at Woodley versus Burns. Mm, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I kind of don't like seeing fights like this just because, yeah. like, you know, Miller's a veteran and, you know, they're trying to serve him up to Roberts to give, give Roberts another W, kind of have it build some momentum. But that said, I always really enjoy watching Jim Miller fight. So, you know, I'll, I'll, you know I'm definitely looking forward to it. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's easy to see what the UFC would like to see happen in this fight. Yeah, I'm actually inclined to say that Miller might actually win it because I was pretty imp- – I mean, he fought Clay Guida in his last fight, which I guess both of them have made the walk a million fucking times. But – oh, sorry, uh, correct myself. He lost to Scott Holtzman in his last fight. But his fight before that, the fight against Guida, and the fight before that, he put out two finishes against two pretty game guys. So I'm inclined to say that, okay, even though Roosevelt Roberts is uh, – tough outing for anybody, especially since he's so young and, uh, and motivated. I can see Jim Miller walking away with a win, especially if he's not cutting the weight down to 155 and he feels comfortable fighting at 160. Yeah, I that's that true. Um, you know, Miller, Miller definitely has experience on his side. You know, that definitely yeah, you could go a long way. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, some heavy hitters. We got Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos in the co-main event. Josh Emmett, dude, is a absolute fucking steamer when he hits you. In, like, oh, I've, 100%. Yeah, um, he absolutely no. knocks you the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, I think that can low-key be the fight of the night. Um, right now, Emmett is a slight underdog. Yeah. And I, I do think it could go either way. I, I'm really looking forward to it, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only guy to ever beat him and put him away was Calvin Cater and all the other fights that he's in. I mean, he's got two finishes in the UFC, two decisions, so uh, or three finishes, sorry. But um, his last outing against Makwan Americani was a good fight. He's an up-and-coming contender, and uh, Burgos handled him pretty nicely. So, I mean, I thought that Josh Emmett was actually losing his fight against Michael Johnson up until that last moment where you could actually even hear the announcer saying like uh, he's coming up a little short on his win and he popped him with that right hand. So that's true. But there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. You know, somebody who, even when the fight goes a while, can still have the power to put you out for sure. But he came out like a bat out of hell in the Mursad Bektik fight. And Mursad's like a pretty tough son of a bitch, you know, a really good wrestler, really good with his hands. And Josh Emmett took him out in one round. So, Mm, absolutely. I, th- I think it's a pretty evenly matched fight. We're going to get fireworks in that one for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not, not a lot of drama going on anymore except for fighter pay in the UFC. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I know Nunez is saying that she's thinking about retiring. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, it, it's a tough situation for her. I guess I can see it, you know, because she's, you know, her stance is that she's kind of already done everything. I mean, there's no clear match. You know, there's no clear contender for her to fight. There's no real rival for her. Yeah. I mean, the people they're talking, the person they're talking about her fighting now is Shevchenko, who she already has two wins against. Yeah. I mean, I know I'd certainly tune in to watch him do it again, but, you know, yeah, right now it's just not really competitive for Nunez. So, like, does she really want to keep putting in the work? 
in the grind of having to train all the time for what's probably going to be an easy W. And, you know, I mean, if she doesn't need the money anymore, maybe she just wants to do other things. Who knows? I mean, it's, I guess it's a good problem to have. You're so dominant. Yeah. (laughs) I think we talked about this in the last, uh, the last podcast about just, there's nothing out there for Nunes at this point. Like the gap between number one and number two is actually still just so massive that uh, I just don't see anyone anytime soon that they can put in front of her. And I know Dana is saying things like, you know, oh, like we just talked with Sean Shelby and with Amanda and we're trying to build the division around Amanda. But who on the planet can you bring in to beat this woman in a fight? And I mean, she's got a baby on the way with her uh, partner, Nina Ansaroff. And I mean, she's going to be a mother. And how often do you really want to be fighting three times a year, defending two belts when you've got all the money that you need. Exactly. I mean, if nothing else, she could probably step away for a little bit, then come back. I mean, hell, that would actually probably, you know, be a win for everybody. Because it would give you some time to build up some real contenders. And it would also give her a break. Because, you know, she's also very active. You know, and um, and just having to put in all the time between you know, training in media and then obviously the actual fights. I mean, that's, you know, that's going to take its toll. And so, I mean, maybe she just does need to take some time off, you know, especially, you know, with, with a baby on the way, you know, get to be a mom. And then, um, you know, and then after that, see if she still wants to do it. Yeah, I can completely understand that as well. I mean, I think that maybe Dana's idea is to try to do the same thing he did with Connor to do with Amanda, like if they can find the right deal to cross her over into like another sport where they can all make some good money out of it. This is what yeah. he's talking about when, you know, like she's at a point in her career where they can do a lot of really interesting stuff with her. Cause she's so dominant. Yeah. I, I heard um, Chael Sonnen mentioned something about Dana was talking to uh, some female boxers. And so he was speculating that maybe they're thinking of trying to set up like a boxing fight with her. Which I mean, that could be that could be something too, just to get more eyeballs on her. So I feel like women's MMA in general really doesn't get a ton of attention. Yeah, and so that could you know, but you know, sort of sideshow fights like that are always good for increasing visibility. Absolutely. I mean, I think I'm not sure what the latest update is, but I think that they're still trying to move forward at some point with Zufa boxing as well. So um, yeah, I, mean, I could see that maybe them trying to cross over a lot of their really uh, like big striking champions over into uh, Zufa boxing as well, if they can get the right fights. Yeah. I mean, it's no granted. I mean, I'm, it's always a tough situation because I really, you know, boxing's w- one of those sports where the better fighter wins 90% of the time. Yeah. You know, like in MMA, I would say the better fighter wins like 70% of the time because there's a lot more room for error in, um, in MMA. And so like as good of a boxer as like Stipe Miocic is, I can't, and, you know, I know he said he wants to box. I just can't picture him getting, a, a, you know, beating somebody who has been doing it since they were eight years old. So they'd have to really cherry pick the right guy. I you also know? think that a lot of these uh, guys in the UFC that develop like MMA hands uh, that don't come from boxing don't realize how much their other skills open up their striking in MMA. So like, 100%. yeah, so Stipe always has the chance to take you down as well. And he's setting you up with leg kicks and level changing and feints. And he's throwing feints that you don't normally see in boxing. You know, like you, 
your fainting kicks, you know, your fainting takedowns and uh, a boxer is not going to blink to those, you know, and he's going to just absolutely defend all the punches you're throwing at him and likely connect more punches on you and beat your ass. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, everything is different. I mean, that's why I don't even really like the sport being called mixed martial arts. That's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. You know, MMA is a singular style. And, you know, because, like, boxing is fought at a different range with different equipment, with different rules. And, well, yes, the punching technique can transfer. It's, you know, it is so different. Absolutely it, different. And, um, and even, you know, because, like, you know, there's defenses that will work in MMA that will not work in boxing. And there's, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's wildly different. Wildly I, I, different. I, I, I could rant about that forever. Yeah, I mean, I really uh, – I saw an interesting video. I'm sure you've seen it as well. Uh, did you see, like, the – I think it was Mike Tyson, Francis Ngannou, forget who else was involved in the podcast, all sitting in a room talking about uh, the Conor fight. A lot of people were giving Conor a ton of shit, and uh, Mike Tyson came to his support and pretty much was just saying that uh, you took a guy from MMA and you pretty much went 10 rounds with the greatest boxing champion of our generation so far, so – I think Connor's the only real anomaly in MMA in terms of like putting you into a pure boxing fight. Yeah, I mean, and in, in even and even there, when Floyd decided to turn it on, you know, it was too much for Connor. I mean, Connor definitely had a spot; he did well, but nobody was really expecting him to win. And like, yeah. and at least there, you had the compelling story that uh, Connor was so much bigger than Floyd. Yeah, Connor has probably twenty pounds on. And, you know, it's, but yeah, and I, you know, I, in regards to the Conor Mayweather fight, I really liked what Nate Diaz had said, because Nate came out in support of Conor, where he was like, yeah, sure, Conor may get embarrassed, but I guarantee you it won't be nearly as embarrassing as it would be if Floyd jumped to MMA. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's like where Conor would take him down, you know, step to mount, you know, wave at the crowd and elbow the fuck out of Floyd Mayweather. I mean, I think a lot of guys don't understand like the level. Uh, the, we talked about it levels to this shit. So in yeah. boxing, okay, this guy is like he's the goat. I mean, you can arguably say that uh, Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer of all time just for, through his record alone. But if yeah, Floyd I mean, definitely be in the conversation, <laughs> yeah. But if Floyd Mayweather walked into my fucking jujitsu gym and rolled with me for five minutes, I would make his life absolutely miserable on the mats. Oh, well, and honestly, too, I think he'd get beat up striking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you used to see it in K1 where, uh, you know, a, you know, a boxer would take. Bob fucking kick. Sap, dude, won yeah. two <laughs> K1 championships just by being massive and throwing lunch boxes in people's faces, dude. Like it, it, Exactly. There's, you know, shoulder rolling has much less of a place in MMA than it does a boxer. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's interesting. So, I mean. Like I said, for a sideshow, the whole, you know, jumping over to, you know, the different sports can be intriguing. But, you know, it's not really compelling in a who's going to win scenario. Yeah. You know, so it, it, if, it wouldn't surprise me at all, though, if, you know, Dana were to actually start a boxing promotion that he does try to pad it with some USC stars to get eyeballs on it. But you, he'd ha- he really would have to make sure they had absolutely the right opponents in front of them. I mean, I guess at heavyweight, like, yeah, maybe Stipe can still knock people out. But, um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, he, honestly, he doesn't really even seem to do it much in little gloves, let alone big ones. 
with yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100. percent Well, what I don't agree with is, did you hear that uh, Mike Perry is putting his new girlfriend in the corner of his flight against Mickey Gall? No, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike Perry's gonna Mike Perry. <laughs> yeah, man, he's not the smartest guy, and uh, I, I actually think this is fucking hysterical. Him and Darren Till have been going back and forth on uh, Instagram and Twitter, like just beefing at each other and going inside their DMs. And I guess, <laughs> I guess Darren Till made a website specifically made for just trolling Mike Perry. And Mike Perry thought it went too far and he's blocked them on all facets of social media. You know what? I respect how petty that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like, I think I like Darren Till just a little bit more now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But another interesting matchup, I guess, Mickey Gall, another guy that uh, I'm sure you know pretty well from the regional circuit, finding a big name like Mike Perry. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I with that, I'd have to go with Mickey Gall. Yeah, you know, I think he'll be sort of a classic, you know, you know, striker versus grappler. You know, I mean, no, granted, if Gall decides that he wants to try his striking, like grappler, you know all grapplers seem to eventually get to that phase where they want to try being kickboxers. Yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but if Gall's there, then, then sure, Perry can still win. But um, it's like, but if he decides to grapple with Perry, then I think Gall can be a tall order for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I really like that Sage Northcutt fight. I mean, I know it was an absolute, like, just Hail Mary. I think it was an overhand left that he caught him with before he uh, choked him out, but I can see Gall pulling it off. If he can be smart enough to just kind of uh, get real close to Perry and not catch any significant damage, because we can, we've seen that Mike Perry has a lot of power, even in close range with that elbow from Jake Ellenberger. But if Gall can just get close to him and uh, get him on his back, I think it's the, the night's pretty much over for, for Mike Perry. Oh, I, I agree with that 100%. So, yeah, guys, like we mentioned, this week was a real bread and butter week. A lot of fights, not a lot of interesting stuff going on. But uh, happy that you guys are tuning in. We're excited to have you guys tune into our podcast next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks.